Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We always start our show off with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us be able to get all of our games this week anyhow in the Southeast uh, played. Praying Thanksgiving for the good weather. I pray that as we're making our stretch run now for the playoffs, that the sportsmanship increases, that the uh, quality of refereeing and coaching increases, and that our support from our fans continues to be positive and uh, not divisive uh, among especially these uh, teams that are great rivals. In Christ's name we pray all of these things. Amen. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been in some big games this week. Uh, and uh, the, the competition is heating up, as it always does this time of year. On tonight's show, we're really going to focus our attention, however, on the girls. I think the girls have been neglected, and I, I really want to spend some time um, – talking to uh, and talking about the girls' game and uh, talking to coaches who know what's going on in the girls' game. I'm going to talk to Pablo Spapetro uh, and also the the Mount Carmel uh, girls' coach and then also to Al Silvis, who's coaching Dominican, uh, who's having a great year this year so far. Uh, really and truly, who's going to win the state championship is a mystery, I think, at all levels for the boys and the girls. It sounds like an exciting recipe for a great month of February. And uh, we really want to make sure that all of our listeners are, are kind of attuned to what's going on in the girls' game. In the last segment, they have an interesting event going on from the uh, Jewish Community Center that we want to promote. Uh, and we'd like to promote anything that uh, really um, your your business would like to promote. But uh, they're going to have a, uh, f- um, a soccer golf tournament which is going to be a lot of fun at Timberlane Country Club. He's going to be, uh, they're going to be on at the, in the last segment to give you all the details about that. And of course, if you want to get your event or your um, business sponsored on Monday Night Football, just get in touch with us here at MNFUTBOL on Twitter or on Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131. We like to get your ads on. Uh, we appreciate the sponsors that have just added on recently, and uh, we'll try to do the best show we can for all these teams and again also our facebook live is 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 starting to uh materialize if you want us to cover your game we'd be glad to do so one little um uh, thing i would like to cover uh call it deritter's rant if you will um for the very first time in a long time and i want to say that tongue-in-cheek i don't know if i've ever seen this happened in my 38 years, but I saw obstruction called this week, actually against my team. We were we were playing Live Oak in the Live Oak area, um, and I don't even know who the official was, but I think the official was even surprised that when he called obstruction um, for Live Oak, um, that I complimented him, <laughs> and I did, because obstruction is a kind of a rule I think has just been gone uh, or sent to the wayside. Um, I don't teach my kids to obstruct, but at the same token, I, I don't spend a lot of time uh, explaining to them uh, the 
the illegalness of it. In other words, um, if you are standing between the ball and another player and you're preventing them from getting to the ball, uh, that is obstruction, unless you're playing the ball. Now, if you're playing the ball, that, that's another issue. They have to try to get through you to get to the ball. But if, you're, if they have a chance to get to the ball and you're just blocking their pathway to get to the ball, uh, that, that is obstruction. And, y'all, look, in the New Orleans area especially, uh, that has been called for decades, okay? Nothing has been called. Nothing has been called. You yell obstruction, and it's almost a waste of breath. And so what I wind up doing is I telling my kids, again, when I train them, that, okay, well, this is illegal, but it's not called. So when it's done to you, uh, don't get all upset. And, and when you do have a chance uh, to play the ball, um, make sure that you are playing the ball and you're not blocking people out. And then, and, and then you know, you just have to deal with uh, different realities. But I, I tell you, uh, to see this being called was refreshing. And it goes back to the show that we had last week, which you can listen on Crescent City Sports. Um, as we were talking about refereeing, how really, as you travel around the state, the rules definitely change. I told this uh, to the officiating crew at halftime that, number one, I was impressed that they called it. Number two is that, you know, in New Orleans area, that, that wouldn't have been uh, an issue whatsoever. What, what is a foul in one part of the state is not in another. And uh, I, I can't wait for all those um, innovating things that uh, we talked about last week on, on the last week's show uh, for those to be implemented so we can get all the referees on the same page because it was very confusing. My kids were confused, and then they were even more confused when I didn't complain, <laughs> and I complimented the referee uh, for the call. And it was a crucial call. It was a darn situation where, where you know, um, uh, us maintaining the ball, uh, getting somebody on it from our team and maintaining our attack would have been very, very beneficial. And and so, um, anyhow, I want to compliment the Baton Rouge crew there. Um, I've had two experiences with Baton Rouge uh, this year so far, and both of them have been quite different. So, uh, the playoffs are also going to be interesting from a point of view of who's going to officiate whose games and how much experience do you have with those officiating crews. So that's my rant for the week. If you want to make a comment, you can make so make one on laprepsoccer.net or, of course, on Facebook or on Twitter. We'll be glad to uh, get your point of view on the air. But we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to talk to Mount Carmel legendary head coach Pavlos Petro on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hello and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Today we have on the line uh, one of the legendary coaches in Division One for the girls, uh, Pavlos Petro. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Good to be here. Well, look, uh, before we start talking about the rest of the state, how's Mount Carmel doing? Mount Carmel is, uh, is trying very hard. <laughs> uh, we're doing okay. Um, you know, new team, uh, new uh, young, very young team. Um, I think we're finding our way. So, uh, 
we we got what about three weeks left, so we'll see. Um, yeah, we got about twenty eighth grade, ninth grade, and tenth grade uh, players on the team. So it's very young. So it takes a little time to get them to gel, but um, they're coming along very good, I think. Excellent. Well. Usually we all have to run into that, that phase sooner or later, unless you want yeah, to, you're right. <laughs> you know, so you're right. I agree. it's good to understand that and just to be patient. Um, what, what do you think is the, uh, are the big headlines with girls soccer this, this year so far? Uh, as far as the teams? Yes. Just in general. Uh, well, I think the thing that changed maybe a little bit this year is, um, um, I think, one through you know eight nine it's uh it's more even than any other year that i've i've seen before so i think moving through the playoffs um you know it could be you show up you know you you win a game if if you um if you skip a bit you may you may get out um that's how even i think they are so you know previously you had one or two powerhouses, and you know, um, if you went through that, it would have been very, very hard. With now, I think uh, the top eight, nine, maybe even ten teams are pretty even. I think. Okay, and we all know who those teams are. Are there any surprises out there that are just lurking around, waiting to uh, catch somebody while they're not looking? Um. I don't know if it's a, if it surprises, but I think uh, I think North Shore uh, it's very good this year. Uh, Acadiana has been good the last couple of years. Uh, Mandeville it's pretty loaded, I think, uh, but that's not a surprise. But I think I think out of all teams, I think North Shore is the one that is it's it's up there and traditionally you know they, they haven't been up there but this this time around they they look really good okay who up in the north uh gives y'all some concern down here in the new orleans area uh definitely bird um you know they they uh i know they were young last year i think they matured a lot this year um they play very physical very tough uh fast soccer and um I think that's one team to watch for sure. Okay. And um, th this year as compared to other years, um, uh, how do you think the, the state of girls' soccer is going? Are, are people more happy than normal? Uh, are there any uh, really big stories that we've kind of missed out there? Or how is girls' soccer doing? Um, it's, um, I don't know, maybe it's the same. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen um, anything uh, dramatically changing, but at the same time, um, um, I don't know if it's growing in popularity. You know, I'm, I think we see the same people, if not less, this year for whatever reason. You know, tournaments and games. Um, so I, I don't know if it's something that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a fact or if it's just... You know, me, uh, but when you look up in the stands, uh, I don't know. It, it's just not the same. Um, you know, tournaments usually have big crowds. Um, we've been to four this year, and um, I, I didn't really see much. 
talent-wise, you know, everybody's got some some superstars, you know, but that's that's the case every year, so uh, that hasn't changed at all. Okay, and uh, how did weather affect the girls as much as it's really affected the boys? Some boys' teams are still scrambling to make up for some of Tom loss and some games Yeah, lost. well, we were fortunate with games, uh, but as far as uh, practicing, that has been a challenge because, uh, you know, the rain, the field's closed, you know, we don't have our own field, so you always scramble to find uh, a little corner somewhere to, to get practice in there. So this year it has been a, a, a real challenge. Um, but we've been fortunate with games. Um, we've had all of our games and no, no uh, cancellations or uh, we haven't postponed anything. So um, that's with that. All right, good, good. Do you know of any of the smaller teams? Uh, have you run into any really good ones, like in Division two, three, or 4? Um, yeah, actually um, – some of them we played, some of them I watched. Uh, I think uh, Central Lafourche uh, is definitely not the team that, you know, uh, we used to see years ago. Uh, they have improved a lot. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, they have a club uh, down there now, but it's definitely a much better team. Also, Desterhan looks very good uh, out in St. Charles. Um, and, I've, yeah, the... the We've seen St. Thomas Moore, which is always strong. Loyola is always strong. But Central Lafourche and, uh, and Desterhan, I would say, two teams that uh, look very good. Excellent. Well, Coach, we always appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on the show with us. And uh, I'm sure y'all be making another playoff run and we'll be paying attention. I thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good luck to you, too. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And uh, like I said, we're going to be focusing our attention on the girls this week. And we're pleased to have on the line one of the great ones, Coach Al Silvis from Dominican High School. Welcome to the show, Coach. Uh, thank you for having me again, Coach. Well, before we start talking about the girls uh, in, in, around the state, how about Dominican? What kind of year are y'all having? We're, we're having a uh, solid year. We have uh, a lot of youth that we're grooming and they're coming on. Uh, as well as we expected, with some uh, some good young ones uh, adding more than we expected at this point. So you know, so far I think we're thirteen, three, and four, and looking to continue to make a push. Okay, so looking at the uh, Division One scene, first of all, who do you think are the major players this year? This year, I think when we put a list of of what we feel is our top eight to ten teams, every one of us, I think, on any given day can 
knock each other off, you know, if we get that little bit of break that you need every once in a while. You know, from so those top teams you're looking at, SSA, Bird, Mandeville, Dominican, Mount Carmel, Acadiana, uh, North Shore, uh, Dutchtown. I think are a lot of your, your uh, and St. Joe's in there. You know, that's okay. nine right there. I think that I mentioned that I think on any given day can compete with one another. And, you know, if the ball bounces the right way, can uh, end up with a win. I guess that ball could be the power ranking song. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think you've got your, your top your top nine or ten in there. I think there's, you know, a team or two that, that are just in there due to, you know, their schedule. And, you know, and, and where they're at ge uh, geographically, you know, where they're not down to get to some of these South Shore teams or South, South Area teams. You know, so they're staying mainly by their area and, you know, winning games. But I don't know that they have the same strength of schedule that some of these other teams have. What do you think could solve that problem? <laughs> uh, I think that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know 100% why we went to the power ratings all together when, you know, for the most part, on the boys and girls side, the top the top eight were typically correct. You know, obviously there's going to be some fluctuation when you get in there to those, you know, maybe 12 to 18 teams, you know, that, that you may have to use a power rating for. But I think when we did it as coaches, we, we were pretty close, you know, to, yep. to having it right. I, I totally, totally agree. Well, let, let, let's attack that problem Well, when the playoffs come because I'm sure there will be a lot of disgruntled people in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. what, what do you think about the younger girls? Like what younger teams uh, do you think are um, making some noise, especially teams that have never made noise before? Never made noise before. Uh, I don't know that, that we have any of those in this top girls area. Okay. You know, I mean um, – you know, all those that, that we mentioned at some point, you know, they have a history of being one of the powerhouses, you know, whether it's SSA who's made, uh, I mean, not SSA, they've, they've made the Final Four almost every year. Yeah. Uh, like a St. Joe's, they've been in the Final Four before. Uh, North Shore was there last year. Mandeville was there last year. They've won it once before. Um, you know, so I think all these teams that are around this this top echelon, top eight, ten, all have some type of history in the past, you know, where that, that wave is coming back up for them, you know? Okay. What about D, D2 teams and uh, three and four? Have, have you come across any of those this year? Uh, yeah, we, we've played a few of those at the top, um, the, the top of those divisions. I can say one that's uh, maybe somewhat flying under the radar there is uh, Destrahan. You know, I think they were maybe uh, – um, a quarter finalist or maybe even a semifinalist last year. And um, they're continuing to have success again this year. Um, Central Lafouche, you know, made a, made a run to the state final last year. I think they'll, they'll be able to possibly do it again. You know, uh, Lakeshore this year has come on strong. You know, after I think last year getting knocked out either the quarters or the semis. Um, so they're, they're having another strong year. St. Thomas Moore is still, I think, the team to beat there in D2. Uh, they've, been, they've been solid. They have um, a few special players uh, that can definitely put the, uh, the team on their shoulder and carry them in those tight, tough games. 
Okay. And uh, uh, what do you think weather's uh, played as a role uh, when it comes to people's power rankings and, and uh, their development? Do you think that weather's really been significant or really just more of the same? I definitely think this year, I know for us, it's affected us a lot more this year with, with training more than anything. I mean, with us playing on our official surface, we, we haven't had many games canceled because of weather. But training-wise, I know we've had less hours of training because of that. So I know maybe some of those schools have had some, some games canceled because of that. Now, whether or not they're able to get them in because of their schedule and each other's schedule, that you don't know. But I can definitely tell you, I think this year, weather has been worse than it was you know, last year, even with the snow. Right, right. I remember that. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, we went to go play Live Oak uh, for the boys this weekend, and I just made sure I told all the parents and the players over there that they don't know how good they have it. I mean, uh, they have their own stadium, own locker room, and and really no competition for it, whereas over here in New Orleans, we're scrambling for fields to train on and to play on. So, yeah, I feel your pain for sure. I have the same problems, you know? Yeah. Do you have any uh, anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to say about the girls' game before we go? Just that uh, I think, you know, this year there's a lot of parity in D1. Uh, D2 has a good handful of teams that can win it. Uh, D3, I think you're, you're, you're going to be limited to, to about four or five. And then D4, I think, is still going to be competitive with any seven or eight teams that can win it on that side. Uh, I think it'll be interesting next year with this new um, new districting to see where everyone's going to fall out, you know, uh, into what divisions and everything. One more question before I get you off the uh, the mic. Um, I, I love ULL's field. I'm pretty sure uh, you probably do too. Uh, it, will that put teams like ours who play on the turf at a disadvantage? You think, or will it really matter? I would like to say it wouldn't matter because of the fact, I, I don't know where you're training, but we train on grass. So, you know, we, we, we have our, our, our grass experience, you know, every day in training. Our games are just played on turf. So, you know, I think, you know, some of these schools that it, that it could hamper a little bit more, you know, now not 100%, but, you know, the teams like North Lake Christian, who trains on turf, plays on turf for the most part. You know, schools like that that are that are always on turf. You know, but I think schools that, that have, you know, train on multi, multiple type surfaces, I think will be okay with it. Okay, yeah, and that's us. I, would, uh, I wish we had more fields available, but we have to do what we have to do. Coach, I really appreciate you taking time out of your really, really busy day, especially on a game day, to talk to us. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again in the playoffs. All right. Sounds good, Coach. God bless you. All righty. Bye-bye. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook. Or call us at 
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're excited to uh, bring Neil Alsup. Uh, he is a sports director at uh, JCC, uh, one of our favorite places here. And he's got an exciting event uh, coming up, and we're going to ask him a few questions about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, so what is this event? Let's get right down to the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, who, what, where, when, how, where is it? How much does it cost? What's the purpose of it? And uh, why should the soccer community be interested in it? Sure. So we're going to be holding a foot golf tournament at Timberlane Country Club on Sunday, January 27th. We'll have an adult round that starts at 10 a.m. Uh, and then there'll be a family round starting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, the proceeds from this event go towards our Maccabi team, which is kind of the Jewish Teen Olympics. It's a, a nationwide event where Jewish teens meet and participate in sporting events. Um, so we bring a team, and there's some kids who can't necessarily afford to go on their own. So we're trying to raise, raise some money for scholarships for that. Um, it is a four-player best ball scramble. Um, it's $200 per team. It's $240 if you'd like a cart, but I don't really think that you need a cart necessarily. I think you play faster without one. Okay, so explain to everybody what foot golf is. Sure, yeah. If you've not played foot golf before, it's just what it sounds like. Uh, it is it is on a golf course. Uh, there's a separate tee box and a separate hole location than the regular golf course, but you play you play golf with a soccer ball in your leg instead of a golf ball and a club. Um, as a best ball scramble, the four players would all tee off at the same time. Whichever ball they liked best, the other three people are going to pick their ball up and go to that location, and everyone will kick again from that spot. And just like in golf, you're trying to get the lowest possible score. What are they kicking the balls into? There's actually a hole cut in the course. There's a 22-inch hole uh, with its own flag, uh, and it's usually somewhere at Timberlane. They're near bunkers, uh, so there's you know some some interesting stuff in play. But it is an actual hole in the ground, just like in golf. Well, now tell me more about this uh, the these um, Olympic-esque games that you're talking about. I've never heard of these before. How long has this been in, in existence? Sure, the Maccabi Games have been going on for. Gosh, I don't know exactly. I think I think at least 20 years. Uh, I know that there's some adults who have kids who are at the JCC now who participated in it when they were young. Um, last year, it's in a different city each year. Uh, this year, our team's going to Detroit. Um, last year, we went to Orange County, California, and last year was the largest games uh, that had been held to this date. There was 3,200 kids uh, who participated in, in a wide range of sports from uh, soccer uh, softball, volleyball, basketball. Um, so you bring teams or you can bring individuals who get paired up with other kids. Uh, and it's a large social event that's based around a sports tournament. Fantastic. Well, let us know, um, again, how can we get in touch with you and how can anybody who's listening here uh, sign their team up one more time? Sure. So you can register for the tournament at, uh, at nojcc.org. Uh, there's a banner right at the front that will click. you can click on for registration. It will take you straight to that page. If you have questions about it, you can contact myself at neal at nojcc.org. That's my email. Or if you call 504-897-0143, uh, um, extension 138. Thank you very much, and look, uh, I wish you the greatest success with this tournament and uh, and uh, really the success of those games. That sounds really, really exciting. Uh, we'd like to know how, how y'all do uh, when y'all come back. I'd be happy to do that. That sounds great. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care.